14, maybe. How? We have to 14? Maybe. We'll call it 14. 14. Yeah. Great. Cheers, Cheers to 14. to Sugar Facts. Welcome to Sugar Facts. I'm going to just do the cherry. I mean, I, I don't want to fish it out. Okay. I'm, I'm going like to I'm gonna eat the cherry separately because I like the tea. Mm. That okay. was a strong one. Yeah. Was there anything in that wa- that wasn't alcoholic? <laughs> I thought the whipped cream was going to cut that a little bit. Ooh, didn't. Delicious. Oh, but that is... That was strong. That was strong. Yum cherry. That's called a... Um, remember remember um, that time I lost my shoe? That's what That's this is called? That's the name of that. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, it's good. Remember that time I lost my I shoe? I want to say that sentence that I hate every time I say it. Put it on Instagram. I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> Alright, so seriously though, it's episode 14. Here we are, 14 episodes in. We're doing I love great. it. I, I do still too. I still love it. I do too. But what I would like though, right now, if you don't mind. Yeah. Because I just noticed actually the title. Have you ever actually looked at our pages? No. Okay, it says Sugar Facts. Oh yeah. Me, that right? That's the name of our podcast. That's the name of the podcast. Yeah. I feel like maybe we should maybe spend a minute. Talking about sugar. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah, so if you have something... Yeah, totally. I've got facts you know, about sugar. I would love to hear it. Um, okay, so... The Not right now, though. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear it right now. What? No, I just don't want to hear it right now. Wait. What do you mean? It's not the sound of your voice, either. <laughs> not, no, 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 no. I know you might think that. Well, I wasn't until you just said that. <laughs> it's not the sound of your voice. It's not the particular pitch that it comes at Is me. Is it the whistle? It's not the, the whistle. whistle. It's not that tea. crazy whistle. I'm just like, shut the window. <laughs> Oh, those are your teeth. Oh, is there a bull game? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm she's the last person speaking. to be making a tooth joke, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, have been, I have been aware, as I'm sure you have, given your surfer credentials. Um, yeah. Lots qual- of qualifications, yeah. I prefer. Yeah. Okay. Drowning in Taiwan. What do you think about that? Ooh, Seem cool to be a lot. stories. It's not a story, though. Um, no. It's just oh, some facts. Okay. Yeah, definitely there seem to be... Quite a few in this area. Like, Quite it's really fucking area. sad. It's, it, yeah, of course. It's very sad. Yeah, obviously. Sorry, Joe. It's sad when people die, Brian. No, I mean, in the sense that, like, for a island nation. Yeah. Right. That people are not strong swimmers here. Mm. Really I get what you mean by the sucks. egginess. I'm so sorry, but I get oh what you God. mean. Like, just, no, no, no. I'm sorry, but it, like... There's a lot of egg in there's this There's a lot of egg. Yeah. Jesus. Is that, that's kind of gross. Sorry. We're having gin fizzes. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend them. Gin, fig, gin fizzes and talking about people drowning. So, so yeah, there are a lot of, there are, there, I, 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 it always seems to me that there's like more drownings in Taiwan than I ever remember. Mm. And you know, you know, I actually grew up. Oh, in Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's God. also an island, right? <laughs> yeah. Go on. Get on with that. And um, I don't remember anyone ever drowning. Maybe you weren't paying attention because you were just focusing on your butter recipes. People, people drown in Australia all the time. Like yeah, learning, well, learning to swim in Australia is like a big thing, and we push kids to learn, 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 yes. learn. We're all about water safety. Now you say we as a country. Ah, dig a little deeper. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't be bothered. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? We who's we in this in this scenario? Wealthy Australians. There you go. Yeah, right. Here's how it. Here's how it turns. All right. Here's what. Here's here's what happens. That's true. Talk to me. So there's more drownings in less developed countries. Makes sense. Yeah, because they don't have the swimming pools and the swimming instructors that you grew up with, Joe. But you've the not, private, the you've private not heard swimming what I've just said. You've not heard what I've just said. Oh, what have you just said? 
<laughs> like we do. Have- I can't hear you over the whistling. <laughs> Um, We do have all of those things, and yet children still die. We've also got a very, like, water-based culture. A lot of people have pools in their backyards, so kids... Mm, A lot of people? (laughs) Relative to, like, fucking Taiwan. Not many people in Taiwan have their own... The people you rub shoulders with down at the yacht club. Yeah, Yeah, you know me. (laughs) So, it turns out, um, in Taiwan... Well, actually, okay, so check it out. In Australia... Mm -hmm. 0.5 out of 100,000 children up to 14 years old uh, died while playing in the water in 2001. We like to keep it up to date here at Sugar Facts. (laughs) Nothing more than two decades old. (laughs) Statistic. Well, one can only imagine it's gotten worse. Or better? Better, mate. I guess better. Um, The figure in Taiwan, however. So let me me just for continuity. 0.5. That's not even, that doesn't even count as a drowning because that's like half a child has drowned. Right. One child per 200,000. Oh, yeah. Keep me around. <laughs> she did that without a calculator. <laughs> I saw it. She did it without a calculator. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. So on. one out of 200,000, that does seem a better way to phrase that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Up okay. to, uh, well, you're going to love this next one, though. Three quarters of a time <laughs> yeah. <in> this child. <laughs> Up to 14 years old, I just just for continuity's sake, mm-hmm. which I feel like we drowned earlier this evening. Um, in Taiwan, however, it was 1.8 per 100,000, <laughs> or another way to phrase that would be 3.6. 3.6. That's shit. Three and most of another child. That's almost four times as many kids dying. Yeah. Which is Taiwan. three times higher than the figure in Australia. I'm just quoting. Sure, yeah. Okay. That's, that's shit. Yeah. Um, it seems like a really good time to plug my swimming teaching business. Um, I'm starting go to, for it. starting to do lessons at Cake Cafe. So if you know any children. Are you actually doing that? Yeah. Swimming lessons. Yeah. Oh, in the pool. Leonie and Tom Tom are my students. Really? Yeah. And then maybe, um, Dave's kid. Yeah. Might start teaching him. Do you, but yeah. do you have any qualifications? Oh, yes, thank you. I was a swimming teacher at university. Okay, that's yeah, okay. good. I have been a swimming teacher before. I mean, it's my qualifications have lapsed, mm. but I still know how to teach swimming. Okay. Can I give you some, uh, this might make you feel better. Mm-hmm. You did, There is a buffer zone of 1.8. Like, if, if you can get the number, like, if 1.5 kids drown during under your watch, <laughs> that's actually, you could, I'm just saying, you could tell the parents, you could be like, well, actually, that's lower than the national average. So. Yeah, that's true. Check, please. So if most of the children in my class drown... Well, how many kids do you have now? Almost three. Okay. Well, yeah, you get those numbers up, and you'll have a bigger buffer is all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting You know what I mean? You have like yeah. 10 kids in your class, most of them are going to make it. Most of them will make it. Yeah, that should be... Maybe you could... If you need a marketing... My, tag, my tagline? Most of the kids survive this class. Yeah, that's a good one. I... Uh, what if it's um, rarely a drowning on my watch? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Swimming lessons at Cape Cafe, rarely a drowning. <laughs> Accidental death has been the number one cause of death among children since 1994. I don't know what why that's relevant. So, drowning is the number two cause of accidental deaths. What's number world. one? Accidental. Oh, just random accident. Yeah. <laughs> is drowning on purpose? Is it deliberate when kids drown? No, no, no. All other accidental deaths. Okay. Right. Okay. Drowning is number two worldwide. Yeah, worldwide. For kids? All people. Uh, all people. Wow. I mean, it makes sense. I guess. It's so, it's so 
easy to drown. Like it doesn't take long. It's quiet. Well, that's the thing. It's quiet. That's what not a lot of not a not a lot of people realize. Um, yeah, if you're expecting, if you're waiting for thrashing and screaming and cries of help, that's not how that's not how it often plays out. Yeah, it's a quiet. Yeah, it's super dangerous. I actually saved my brother's life. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Story time. I mean, I didn't. I am not saying that. I'm quoting the article. Okay. Brian saved his brother. They life. interviewed me in 2001. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I got my facts from. Occur- according to world-renowned <laughs> rescuer. The World World Health Organization. <laughs> world Health Organization cites the number one rescuer in that suburb, 1978. <laughs> All right. You know what? Now I don't want to tell you this story. How about right. that? Okay. Should I do my story? <laughs> no, that was just an introduction to drowning. Do you think this is one of those tangents that what's his name was talking about? Buckhead? That's what I like to call him. <laughs> in Taiwan, another drowning risk often overlooked is the constant presence of water in farms. Mm. Mm, I didn't think about that. Including innumerable irrigation ditches, dams, culverts. What's a culvert? Six bushes. That's not right. And agricultural pools. Joe doesn't listen to the goddamn podcast. <laughs> In one Australian study, farm irrigation facilities caused more than three quarters of all drowning deaths in the five and under cohort. Wow. Get your shit together, Australia. <laughs> Get your shit together. Come on, guys. All right. So that was just an introduction to drowning because, you know. That's we the, like a little bit of context here. Yeah, Sugar a little hats. context. I would, however, like to talk to you about George Joseph Smith and his brides. Brides? Brides. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's an English serial killer and bigamist, George Joseph Smith, born in London, 1872. Um, in 1898, he married 19-year-old Caroline Beatrice Thornhill in Leicester. She was the first of a... This, this was the first of a string of marriages that he had. Of, they weren't all completely legal because they some of them overlapped. Okay. That's what you mean by the big and mess thing. Yeah. Okay. What did you think I meant? I just was clarifying. That's exactly what I thought you meant. I mean, you noticed I... What's a culvert? Bigamy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, so this is just a setup, right? So, these the, the, anyway, this, this first one, Caroline and George, they moved replace she was a maid she was a maid for a number of different houses and he would make her steal from them okay he, while they're married he yeah. Needed, yeah he needed money he had six six other bigamous marriages this all happened between 1899 and 1914 there was one woman edith pegler uh people think that she's she's the only woman he really truly loved but she never knew about all of her his extracurricular shit that was going on he would like just his leave other wives. his other wives um, and the stealing and the what what else the, the rest of the story. Oh, um, okay. So he like she was sort of his like real love gal. wife, and yeah, then he yeah. had these side wives. And he'd be like, "Oh, I gotta go for a while. Okay, do some horrible shit." But he always he always came back, or he would send money back to her. Mm. Right. In 1910, he met Bessie Mundy. She was the daughter of a deceased bank manager. He he, had, he married her under an alien. And they got married. They had a bit of a rocky relationship. He kept trying to get money from her family. But I love that. She was into it. No. <laughs> so um, he accused he did accuse he accused her of giving him venereal disease. He accused her of giving it yeah, to him. And he abandoned her for a little while. Which means he gave her a venereal disease. I think that they could have figured that out. You. I'm just saying they uh, oh. the people. Yeah. Okay. Here's what you don't know Max about cut listening. That out. <laughs> That's true what I don't know about listening. I'm writing a book. 
so he made her see a doctor because he said she had fainting spells. He convinced her to draw up a will, leaving everything she had to him. Oh, no. Oh, girl. She drowned mysteriously in her bath. Well, baths are dangerous. Notoriously. So after that, he went back to Edith, his one true love. Mm -hmm. Went back to her for a year. They traveled around, living off the money he had inherited from Bessie. Mm. Now, Edith, you're wondering was probably like, why do you have this money? I've seen you in a while. You show up, you've got money. What do you think he said? Uh, he'd been bartending. Hmm. Famously lucrative yeah. career choice. And she was like, that makes sense. Yeah, but no. Um, he said, this is great. He said he made the money, stroke of luck, he found and then sold a Chinese image. <laughs> So specific. I love it. A Chinese image. A Chinese image in Canada. Yeah. Okay, babe. Just a no picture of some No dude. further questions. <laughs> and when that gave us a year's income, that makes sense. I'm assuming it was a sculpture or a painting. I don't think it was just. Maybe it was lit- literally just. Here's the noodle lady. Yeah. Like a sketch of a yeah. Chinese person. Sold it in Canada. At the time, Canadians were wild for anything Chinese related. Mm-hmm. So he left her. Then he left her at the beginning of 1913. He headed to he headed to South Sea, where he met another woman, oh Alice. My God. Yeah, um, she was swept off her feet. George Man. must have had something going on. I mean, charismatic narcissism. Guy. He was yeah right, and that's infectious. <laughs> <laughs> As our 250 followers can attest. <laughs> These people are horrible, but I can't stop listening. Oh my God, stop listening. They're so they in love with themselves. <laughs> he met Alice. Alice was swept off her feet. She agreed to marry George. But her family, her dad in particular, they were like, dude, I don't know. I don't know about this guy. They weren't buying it. Mm. But she was like, no, I love him. I love him. I'm going to marry him. I don't care what you He's say. He's the best. He's so good and he's so honest and he's so true. And he's not like you at all. <laughs> he lets me be myself. Sounds exactly right. It's the Victorian era. That's how they talk. Yep. Right before the wedding, she, of course, she withdrew all her money from the bank. Oh, God. Yeah. Even still, he tried to get more money from her family. He did not succeed. They were kind of on to him. What do you think happened to Alice? Did she mm, burn to death? No. Let me she, one more time. One oh, more time. Um, what are we talking about tonight? Did she sleep? She fell asleep in her. Felt died in her sleep. No. Um. She's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the old, currently the oldest living person on earth. Yeah. <laughs> she has seen she some said, shit. Thank God I didn't take that bath that night. <laughs> <clears throat> she died in the bath. Mm. Drowned. Could happen. Wow, he's really not creative with his... No, he's kind of He's not. like, I found the thing that works. Yeah. Drowned Ooh, her. how horrible. Yeah, two weeks. They were married, they were they married, married two weeks. They were married two weeks. Gave him, all his, gave, gave him all her money. He tried to get more money from her family. He was like, well, that doesn't work for me. Hey, I'm drawing you a bath, honey. Yeah. Wow. And then he went back to Edith uh, for, you know, most of the year. But he grew restless. He needed more money. He met another Alice. This was a domestic servant. He said, he t- this was his, the story he told her was he was an artist who owned land in Canada. Again, the Canadian. Can- yeah. Like he's, you're right. He's very uncreative. <laughs> yeah. Kill them all the same way and tell them <laughs> yeah, all the same all from, I'm, all from, I'm from Canada. Yeah. So he married her. He married her under another alias. Convinced her to... I mean, it sounds like the story is really, like, uh, tedious or that I'm, like, just reading the same paragraph again. It does sound like that. It does sound like that. I I assure you that it's not, though. (laughs) He withdrew all her money. But this time he collected all her valuables, too. Oh, mixing it up. Mixing it up. And then he was like, yeah, let's move to Waterloo. Uh, He rented Waterloo. He rented some rooms in Waterloo. I think I might actually cut this out because... 
she didn't drown. He just left her. <laughs> Fuck this one. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I just like realized. cut it down to the drownings. Yeah, let's just stick to the drownings. He just left her. All right. Fuck it. All right. Sorry. <laughs> Went back to Edith. He said he'd been to a sale in London and he required some ladies' clothing for her. What a piece of shit. Wow. Right? That's nice. Like the dead ladies' clothes. He's like, oh, oh yeah, that's great. Things. Yeah. Anytime she asks, like, where have you been? Yeah, she surely has got some vibes at this point. Yeah, well, yeah, she has. She does. But, and then it started to sort of reach a point where she was like, dude, where are you, where have you been? Why do you, every time you show up here, you have more money. I don't understand it. Then he said, if you ever fuck with my business again, you're never, you'll never be happy another day. Wow. That is intense. Like, this is it, right? Okay. Last one, last one, last one. The the last lady he met, uh, Margaret spinster daughter what do we think about that word spinster heavily prose <laughs> good yeah <laughs> i think we need to have a word <laughs> that differentiates women uh who are married and unmarried yeah. based on their age I and think- i think if we can add like a nice little sort of pitiable mm. sad little twist to it he met margaret she was the daughter of a late minister here's the thing though she wasn't super into this guy she wasn't super into the psycho guy she wasn't super into him Based on she was less excited. She was less excited about being a spinster. Got it. She was like, I don't love this guy, but also I'm 24. Time's running out. Listen. (laughs) She didn't like him, but she was like, all right, I'll marry you. I don't want to fucking die alone. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we told her she had to take out a life insurance policy. She was like, I don't want to die alone. I'll do whatever you say. Such a red flag. Yeah, you'd think. Immediately following the wedding, the two headed to London. Shall we, my lord? Yes, my liege. Let's go. And they were off to London, where Margaret was found dead in her bath the next day. Oh, my God. He's going to start picking wives who can swim. Yeah. Well, no, that would be counter to his plan. Fucking sarcastic. Right? Okay, well, I need you didn't hold up the sarcastic face. You know, oh. I can't recognize it when you're being sarcastic. Oh, your face blind now? Yeah, that's you what happened. You put your glasses on. Well, Timmy pushed me on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost the ability I'm to. I'm brain damaged now. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to bring it up because I'm not a pussy. But, <laughs> yeah, I can't distinguish faces. <laughs> not a big deal. Don't worry, I'll write him an email. So did he get caught? He got caught. He got caught, and and it was like actually it's not that interesting. There's like a manhunt, and then they and then they, pre- they it was like a. Are you like fucking a, you you just like dragged out the most boring details, and then you're like the eh, murders, like, like a manhunt, and well, I feel like you gave me the exact details of their travel yeah. arrangements, and then now you're like ah, and then there was manhunt. That's interesting. All right. They found him. They got him. They got him. And. They died. They hung him. They hung him. They hung him. Hung that motherfucker. Back when hanging, they should have drowned him. Anyway, I just thought it'd be interesting to to fill you in on some drowning drowning stuff. Have you ever thought about? I mean, drowning chat. That's always. Well, yeah, I've got I've got a drowning anecdote. If you would like to hear. Cheers. What is this? Just sparkling white wine. Delicious. Classy, as we like to say. Right. Oh, well, this goes well with what we're I'm about to talk about, sure, actually. A little bit of sparkling white. Okay. The French Revolution was a bloody revolt that ultimately ushered in the end of the monarchy and the emergence of peasants, military men, and landowners over the government. It lasted for years. How many? Do you know? No, that's why I asked. I wouldn't ask if I didn't know. Like 10 years or something. Was it that long? The French Revolution? Fucking now I have to fact check straight away. <laughs> 
Max, calm this Sorry, out. I just God thought. Damn. I'm just trying to. I'm, I'm anticipating I'm the questions again. that our listeners would be asking. Start again. That's exactly what they'd be thinking. Well, many years. Um, How many years? 1789 to yeah. 1799. God, bang on. Dude, good on good you. Good for you. Okay. The French Revolution was a bloody revolt that ultimately ushered in the end of the monarchy and the emergence of peasants, military men, and landowners over the government. It lasted for a decade, and an an untold number of crimes against humanity took place. One of them was the drownings at Nantes. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Okay. Drownings at Nantes. But what about the N and the T? N A N T E S. Yeah, but I looked. I think it up. you just. Oh, you looked at. Is that how you actually say it? I YouTubed it. Okay. Is that how? They, no. no. I think so. Okay. It sounds French. I believe you. God. <clears throat> uh, in 1793, French revolutionary Jean Baptiste Carrier hmm. was sent by the new government to Nantes to crush any counter rebellion staged against the revolution, whether whether by royal sympathizers or aristocrats. Um, and Catholic nuns and priests were especially under consi- uh, suspicion. Why? Didn't, didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Um, I guess they were seen as like the old institution. Counter-revolutionary. Maybe. <clears throat> the church is not always known for being on the front lines of change. So was it like a sort of atheistic revolt? Like we're doing away with the old gods? and Maybe like if, you, if you're sort of looking at like why the revolution came about, it was yeah. sort of like, oh, well, these systems of power beating down on us. If the Catholic Church was a pretty big part of right, that. Right, sure. To um, target them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So when he first arrived in Nantes, Jean-Baptiste inherited a bit of a shit show. Mm. Nantes had been besieged by the counter-revolutionary war. By, sorry, by the counter-revolution war in the Vendée. I didn't look up how to say that bit. How do you spell it? V-E-N-D-E-E. Vendée. Vendée. Just so good. <laughs> so uh, had been besieged by the counter-revolution war in the Vendée, uh-huh. and the threat of starvation and epidemics were ever-present. More than 10,000 prisoners of war had been incarcerated, and the fear that contagious diseases like typhus would spread to the general population from the prisons had reached levels of panic by the by the autumn of 1793. So they filled the prisons. Filled the prisons with, like, like literally anyone that did anything counter-revolutionary. Right would go to jail yeah and so because it's this sort of period of upheaval obviously like every second person i mean i'm on the sure wrong there side. were probably some grudges being sort of meted out right like, oh exactly. this guy looked at me weird last Ooh. week he's a counter-revolutionary yeah. right exactly that yeah. so the prisons quickly became overcrowded they didn't have enough food disease is like rife right and basically now what the government is scared about is that it won't just be the prisons that get fucked up it'll spread, spread out, out to the those. general population yeah, yeah, sure so the solution adopted by authorities was to empty the jails in the city centre mm-hmm. and place inmates at a jail on the port and on vessels moored at the harbour. That's probably not a bad place to be. I'm just saying it's probably a They bad. get a sea breeze. You get a little sea breeze. Well, you know, a river, river breeze. Seagulls. River gulls. River gulls. River gulls. <laughs> <laughs> We're botanists in our free time. Yeah. Uh, so also, also um, biologists. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pick up on it. I just was like, I just nodded at you, like, yeah, you're right. Sip. (laughs) Sipping our champagne. Sip of my champagne, which isn't even champagne. (laughs) We're botanists, we study gulls. Yeah, we know the gulls, gulls. the river gulls. (laughs) 
<clears throat> so the first of the drownings took place in November 1793, targeting a group of 160 Catholic priests. Mm. On the night of 16th of November, they were ordered onto a barge that had been specifically customized to have removable River plugs. Party. Yeah, they're like, yoo-hoo, finally. Uh, it had been specifically customized to have removable plugs so huh. that once the barge was pulled out into the river, it could be made to sink. Do you think that any of the prisoners was like, what's up with this new uh, removable? This, what are those sort of plugs? Do you reckon that's a bad thing to have in a boat? Well, they'd already been moved around so much. So these, so I cut this bit out, but like the priest basically had already been moved like from the jail to the port, from the port to like this monastery in the mountains, back from the monastery. Also, the reason back. I can joke about this is what? I grew up Catholic, so it's acceptable. <laughs> Some of my best friends are Catholic. I can make I can make yeah. jokes about their eventual horror. Sure. Um, so so that's what they did on the on the night of the sixteenth of November. They put these men. On the barge, and they sunk the barge Jesus. in the middle of the river. Uh, nearly all the men drowned as planned, mm. except for three uh, priests who were rescued by sailors on a warship cool. and given spirits and warm blankets. Good for them, those guys are heroes. Well, then the survivors, <laughs> the survivors were then ordered back to jail. Where those they, three guys. The three guys were then ordered back to jail, and they died with the second group of priests the next night. So you survive a drowning just to be drowned the next day. Yeah. That's what do you think is worse? Horrific. I think to live it and then drown. Yeah, do it yeah. again. Yeah. Like only one guy. I yeah, think no, that one is guy a- escaped both of them because he could. He could. He, he could swim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. You figured that would. Have, everybody else should have done the same thing. Swam. Yeah, I'm not blaming the victims here. I'm just saying. <laughs> one guy figured it out. <laughs> how come he knew how to swim? Uh, the third drowning took place a month later. A group of revolutionary guards, most of them drunk, entered Buffet Prison at random and began grabbing prisoners from their cells. Just random prisoners. Random prisoners from their cells, Mm. stripping them and tying them in pairs to heavy rocks. Jesus. 129 prisoners were then loaded onto a flat boat, sailed a short distance and drowned. Things basically escalated from there. Unverified accounts describe quote, underwater marriages where a priest and nun would be stripped naked and tied together before being drowned. Yeah, it's sadistic. I mean, the whole thing's fucked up, but that's just like, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. In all, uh, there would be between 7 to 11 confirmed mass drownings between October and February 1974. Jesus Christ. Just in this one fucking town, too. Uh, Maybe there was something in the water. Oh, but I'm bummed. Oh, Max, cut that out. <laughs> Sip. <laughs> we don't appreciate that kind of humor. Not stoop to those jokes. The final mass drownings took place on the 27th of February, 1794, resulting in the deaths of two men, including one 78-year-old blind man, 12 women, 12 girls, and 15 children. I don't know why the 12 girls and 15 children are separate, mm, but right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I plagiarized. Uh, including <laughs> five infants. Oh, Jesus. Fucked up. Dude. So fucked up. What is the point of that? I know. I know. Right? <laughs> oh, those are the counter-revolutionary three-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you just start wondering... It, I mean, it's just this whole power getting to your head thing. I mean, I loved the book... 
I was meant to return mm-hmm. to today. I finished it. Finally finished Which one? it. Uh, Obedience to authority. Yeah, isn't that great? I love that. Amazing book. because like book, so, sure. when you lent it to me, I was like, this is gonna be so boring. Yeah, and I then I kept, I kept, I kept the going, expression on your face. Yeah, I kept just going one chapter at a time. So, yeah. so listeners at home, Brian lent me one of his books, which was about these um, Stanley electric. Milgram. Yeah, sorry, go Milgram ahead, sorry. Milgram experiments. But you might have heard about sort of the electric shock experiments, where it was fake electric shocks and the people being tested had to sort of increase the shocks on an on on somebody um and they believed they were causing pain to this other person and it was a test to see how far they would go if they had this lab coat guy telling them that they needed to keep going right, right. and so it's not just talking about that one experiment they did all these variations of experiments and then the second half of the book is just talking about why we might have this yeah. built in i mean some theories like so things like the holocaust we might have this idea well men are savages or humans mm. are savages and this just becomes an outlet but a lot of it is just kind of like defecting you just think well i'm not the one calling the shots i'm just doing my little sure cog in the system thing but i'm i'm being told to do it by somebody else the responsibility is with somebody else and it's the removal too of the direct experience of hurting someone mm. so like bombers Bomber right. pilots, right? Exactly. You're just looking at a screen. It's like a video game. Yeah. And you just press a button, you know, and there's a weird little blip that goes on your screen. Yeah. And yeah. It's the whole thing. That's the entire the evolution of modern warfare has gotten to this point now where life is so cheap. Yeah. Because if you were a soldier ordered to stab five people in the face, right. that would fuck you up. Fuck you up. Right. And you might not even do it. Whereas if you were like to, to press a button which would kill 10,000 people, you're right. able to separate yourself from it so much more to the point where you actually are just saying, well, my responsibility actually is just where my fingers hit the button. That's yeah. my entire parameters, and I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. Right. I, no, no seriously. Like, I, 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 like, this is just madness where it's just like – Yeah. Don't so you think it's a, it's a bit of chaos just unleashed – are you going? Yeah. I mean, that wasn't really what I was going to say at all. Okay. It's more just like the Milgram, <laughs> the Milgram experiments are like, well, why do humans do this? Why are we built in? It's not about like, oh, should you, should you not? Right. Kids on a train track. This is literally like if someone in a position of authority is telling you to do something. Yes. Do you do it? And based on the Milgram experiments, most of us would. And so when you're in this, uh, the reason I bring it up is because we're talking about drowning infants on these boats. And a lot of the time, it could just be like, well, the madman is at the top. He's the one just like... Because you don't want to be drowned. So you're like, if I don't drown this kid... You don't want to get shot as a counter-revolutionary. And also from their perspective, maybe you're just... Well, for one part, probably at this point, you've just demonized the whole town and like you know you can get into oh yeah you're you like oh, they deserve it. these little yeah. brats are going to grow up to be scum like their parents yeah. right or you could just be like well actually my job actually is just unloading the prisoners from the prison onto right. the boat. i don't love it but i'm not loving it <clears throat> look i'm not the one that pulled the plug i'm also, not the one that did the tying up of the yeah nun to the priest right also uh, uh, an even more insidious thing is like if i if i if i take a stand I take a moral stand and I say, I'm not going to do it. And they shoot me in the head. It's still going to happen. Yeah. Someone else is going to do it. So I might as well save my life. But I think that's the dilemma that we all face. Like, well, what do you think you would do in that situation? We all have an idea of what we think we would do. Well, I've been tested many, many times (laughs) and I've always come out. Unclean. Aces. Good on you. Yeah. But we've talked about this before. Like, 
we are all culpable in a global supply chain that relies on vulnerable people. In all, estimates of drowning victims, they didn't really know how many people died, but estimates range between 1,800 people to 9,000 Jesus, people. man. It's a pretty big range, but... Yeah. Yeah, the most common estimate is around 4,000. So. 4,000 people drowned. Dra- dragged out onto the river and drowned. It's so fucked up. Yeah, and, and in creative ways too, like the, the underwater uh, marriage thing. Like yeah, that's, what the so fuck? sadistic. Right. Uh, Jean-Baptiste would ref- describe the killings as the national bathtub. Yeah. So he didn't have any remorse. Right. He no, just he joked, they joked about it. Yeah, yeah. Finally, in September 1794, Jean-Baptiste was arrested in Paris by the Committee of Public <clears throat> Safety after they heard about the horrors at, at Nantes. Well, it's nice that it was like a current, you know, like it, it wasn't like, oh, he was a sign of the times. He was an outlier for the times. Like, so people were outraged. People were outraged yeah, at yeah. the time. It yeah, wasn't yeah. like, oh, it, that's generally you know, the case. five years later. That's generally the case. Right. I mean, retribution was swift. He himself, right. uh, so he was arrested in September and he was guillotined. Guillotined. Guillotined yeah. before Christmas following a unanimous vote. Well, good. Yeah. I'm going to say Should good to drowned. that. I'm going to say good to that. But then here's the question. So we, we both reacted to that way, to that in the same way. Good. Good. We're on the same page morally. But are we guilty of doing that? Like, are we, because this is the question, right? Because I'm all for, just to a, to a certain degree, like, you know, a, a revolutionary thing. Like, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's turn things over and let's reorganize society. I mean, clearly there's some fucked up shit going on. We don't need to get into everything because I don't want to subject you people to that but i mean um but you know got some woes but then i wonder yeah but i can't i can't envision a point where i'm like look i i've got a i i i really am not fond of fascists right but i'm not gonna drown a f- like a like like if there was like if my neighbors were like full-on fucking nazis right they were just like yeah fuck it man we're fucking nazis we're gonna go out and beat you up i don't think that i i wouldn't be i wouldn't shed a sh- huge amount of tears if they got fucked up a little bit. I don't even want them to die though, unless they, unless they like killed people. <laughs> but I'm not gonna like drown their kid though. Right, yeah. And I mean, I think that's the problem with this whole neo-Nazi shit that's coming back is like how bloody it is, you know? It's very, it's so violent. Yeah. Because I think- But isn't that the hallmark of that whole entire movement though? Like yeah, that's their calling yeah, card. Yeah. But I think anytime, anytime you want things to change necessarily like upheaval is never great. Like the French revolution, it would have been great if you can just peacefully dissolve the Royal family. Right. Right. right? Ideally the point you, we, we deliberately try and build up these legal structures. We try and like have some semblance of democracy. We try to have a, a police force in place to stop things getting fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, ideally Hong Kong would transfer like would would eventually transition into becoming a, a p- true democracy without the need for four months of protests. Like that would be the idea. The ideal. But that was never really on the table, though, was it? Mm. Not according to the Chinese. No, of course not. But I think a lot of people in Hong Kong thought it was eventually right. going that way. Yeah, right. So there was this kind of complacency of like, well, eventually it's going to be. If we just sit back and don't cause any problems. Well, we're so we're so educated. We're yeah. s- the center of the world. Right. Like we're such international metropolis 
that it can't ever go backwards. We can only go forward yeah, towards well, that, yeah, the future right. that we want for ourselves. And it's and it's just when things can't start creeping in yeah. that you're like, well, fuck this, no. And so actually in what ideally you would have happen is instead of getting to a point where now you've got four or five months of protests in Hong Kong, within the first month you would have had a government that would have listened to mm-hmm the protesters' demands and real change would have happened. But because you don't have a true democratic system in place, it's turned into this, like, situation of upheaval where shops are getting vandalised, people are getting injured, people are demonising the police force. Like, it's never a good thing. Upheaval is never a good thing. But I think that that is clouding the issue somewhat because wasn't, wasn't that possibly by design? Wasn't it possibly by design to put in place a system where anyone who resisted that was was inevitably going to spark a certain amount of upheaval. Mm. And so then the authorities would inevitably have to be called in to restore order. They anticipated this. No? Am I being too, like, conspiratorial? Um, no. I think it's more just, like, a total non-response and, like, the... The idea of, well, we've got such a secure grip on power, we can just ride this out. So this Mm. isn't the first time Hong Kong has had citywide protests. This is the first time it's lasted this long. So I remember distinctly like a few years ago, even before the umbrella movement happened, it was like they wanted to introduce – Beijing basically wanted to redo the Hong Kong education curriculum Mm. and it was very (laughs) pro-China. Right. And so it was like a few weeks, I think, no, no, maybe not even that long, mm-hmm. but highways were blocked and people were like fucking protesting. Right. And then what <coughs> happened was pretty much immediately curriculum plans were scrapped and the protest stopped. So that's how it should happen. So the Chinese government backed down from backed that Backed down one. from that Right, one. right. The right. difference is now, obviously, the Chinese government feels secure enough in its power yeah. over Hong Kong and in, in and of itself that it can say, well, we're not going to back down. We're not right. going to change the plans. And so, therefore, the protests keep happening. So so maybe you could say it's by design. I think it's it's just a, it's a sense of, well, we're not going to compromise because why would we compromise? We're going to win. We can ride this out. What really was the negative for China in the in the bigger picture? Nothing. Not much. Nothing. Right? Not much. So people in China don't even know about it. Right. So I, yeah. So they're just like, all right, go freak out in the streets. But we're gonna tear gas you. We're gonna send our little agents in and beat the shit out of you, and then you're eventually gonna lose. Yeah, that's what's happened in Tibet. That's what's happened in Xinjiang. Right. Like that is what. If you're from the perspective of Beijing, you're like, well, why do we have to compromise? Because we win in the end. Yeah, there's anyway. no reason to compromise. Mm. But also from the perspective of people that want change, uh, upheaval is never great either. Okay, that's okay. That's what I'm saying. I was just thinking. I'm saying like, because you and I are the same like lefty tree huggers. Yeah, yeah. You and I want to see the world change. I don't want to see it happen through revolution. I don't want to see things get so bad that the world has to burn before it gets better. Ideally, you have things like you would have people become much more aware of what's going on and so you start putting better people in power so you start having regulatory like so basically women when women got the vote i mean i can only speak from my own personal experience Mm. like for me the feminist movement is the thing that's had probably the greatest impact on my life now because i was born a woman and i can live the way that i live now because of like hundreds of years but definitely the last 100 years of activism that hasn't happened, had to go through some insane social upheaval. Like thousands of people went drowned in the rivers. No. So that women could get the right to vote. And what ended up happening no. was a too slow but gradual legal changes 
to improve the status of women in that's society. That's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah like I, women died. Yeah, right. like women right. threw themselves in front of horses. But it wasn't women were ostracized. Like families degree, broke down, right. but it wasn't to the same degree. I wonder if there's a reason for that, though. The reason being that women are 51% of the population. Yeah, but not like 100% of women wanted could, that. Could, that's a good point, too. And definitely they didn't have 51% of the power Yeah, at that's the time. a good that's But also, like, all, oh, this, all this feminist backlash is designed to break down unity like because because of exactly I mean, that. In some ways, it's even more insidious, though, it's, right? It's, if you People, manage to convince women that they don't deserve the things that feminists want them to have, yeah. then you, you're undermining the entire movement. So, of course, you want women to think that feminism is a bad thing. How many, how many women do you know... I'm not even talking about men. How many how many women do you know right now who any discussion of feminism, the first thing they say is, "Well, I'm not I'm not really a feminist." Yeah, it's apologetic. It's amazing how many times it's I hear that, and I'm just like, "Fuck, really? Why not?" Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think it's I good I that you clarify that. Even men. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never understood that because I've always been the so, crazy passionate feminist friend. Like that's always been like, and that's my a thing that, that you've been like pegged as. Though, yeah, it's which like, well, that's bullshit. Nice right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this. And, like, I agree with you. I right. think, like, well, aren't we all? Like, aren't we? I thought it was surely it'd be a no-brainer. By the time I oh, come into so adulthood, right, right. it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Do you not want your sisters to be able to own property? Right. Do you not want... No, I'm not into that. No, <laughs> no I'm not into that. No, yeah, yeah. no, no. No, I'm just, that's not my thing. So, in a way, it's a, my point, though, is, like, it's, a, it's kind of even more insidious because, because in, that, in that one, they get you to police yourself. No, but that's the thing, too, reading this... Uh, Faludi book, the, 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 the backlash book, mm. right? It's actually the been... The backlash against feminism. Yeah. Provide context. Sorry. <laughs> it's been a great experience for me because for like the last, I don't know, three or four years, I have been feeling like, am I insane? The, the, the shit I read online, the Jordan Petersons, the fucking Proud Boy, all this shit, right? Mm. There's a part of me that was like, dude, I distinctly remember... All of this shit before. Mm. But the way that it's being talked about is like, this is a new thing. And I'm like, I don't think it is, man. I remember being 22 and talking to my friends that weren't shitheads and being like, there's like major horrible shit going on. This whole like men's movement thing is nonsense, right? And then... And then, like, some time went by where that didn't... And now it's, like, resurging again. And everyone seems to have forgotten that all this shit isn't new. Yeah. None of it is. Not even, <laughs> not even in, like, the specific things that they're whining about. Mm. It's the same fucking shit. Yeah. Um, so, Brian, what is your sugar fat? Well, what do you think... If, 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 um, if you wanted to sabotage somebody's car, how would you go about Key doing it? it? Key it? Yeah. No, no. I mean, if you wanted to make it immobile... So they couldn't Key. drive. They'd be too embarrassed to drive it. Key it. Key. Is, there, is there anybody else? Anybody <laughs> else in the back? Maybe somebody in the back. How are you? You, Jenny, Jenny. Punch the windscreen. Just punch it, not break it. Just punch Just it. <laughs> violently put your yeah. knuckle prints on it. On it, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. And you think the, the, the just the horror of that would... They'd turn up. They'd be like, um, oh, it's dirty, I can't drive I it. I can't. I, you know what? Let's buy a new car. Yeah. Pretty okay, good. what if you wanted to somehow fuck with the fuel lines? Oh, peanut. Yeah, okay. That's hard, though, given the fact that it's like a vertical hole. Boys can do it. I can do it. 
Girls can do anything boys can do. <laughs> I don't think they can do that. Well, they could do that. We can figure it out. Buy I think it would be like funnel. Velcro and... I buy a funnel. Wires and stuff. <gasps> I'd literally just buy a funnel. Okay. Anyway. Well, I, no, this is I great. This is like, great. This is great. No, I, have no, no. A, I have a feeling there's something else you want me to suggest. I was going to... I thought you might have said the old tried and true pour sugar in the fuel. Oh, pour sugar down do? the gas tank. What do you think it does? You tell me. This is your fact. Well, what do you think it does? I'm asking Don't, you. Don't. That's not fucking cheating. Well, here's what a lot of people think. Here's what a lot of people think it does. Uh-huh. A lot of people think that if you pour sugar in the gas tank, that it will immobilize the car, rendering it useless, and that it will not be able to drive. Okay. That's false. Oh. That's not true. Not true. So you just told me a fable. Well, I feel like I was kind of hoping you knew this. I, I was kind of hoping you knew. Why? I barely know anything about cars. I only just learned how to drive either. manual. I don't know either. Well, okay. Let's do it again. Hey, Joe, if you wanted to immobilize a car, I mean, render it useless, how would you go about doing it? Well, I wouldn't put sugar down the fuel thing because that would not do anything. <laughs> Correct. Sugar doesn't dissolve in gasoline. Oh. So a better way to do it would be to pour water. Because mm. gasoline sits above water. So, like, if you want to, like, sabotage somebody's car, don't put sugar. This is the point. Don't put <laughs> sugar... In their fuel tank. It doesn't work. Put water instead. Put water instead. All right. Sugar packs. New tin. Number 14. Nice. That's my sugar pack. Hey, do you have a sugar pack? Totes do. All right. So sugar, Brian, Mm. bought from stores is not often vegan. Did you know that? Never occurred to me that it would have been vegan. You did not think that sugar was vegan? No. Why did you think sugar was not vegan? Insects. (laughs) No, all right, fair. But it's um, it's not. That's not the case. Oh, that's not why. Uh, so sugar <clears throat> typically comes from two sources: sugar cane and sugar beets. Mm-hmm. Uh, bone char <laughs> in oh, in, in terms of sugar beets, which is the most common sugar these days. These days, bone char is widely used by the sugar industry as a decolorizing filter. Now, when you say bone char. It's like, well, I'll get there. It allows sugar to achieve its white color. Bone char is made from the bones of cattle from countries like Afghanistan, Argentina, India, and Pakistan. The bones are sold to traders who then sell them to the U.S. sugar industry. Mm. Oh, sorry. Beet sugar is the one that's fine. Beet sugar is not filtered with bone char. It is processed by a, in a single step at the sugar factory. If your sugar is processed from sugar cane, then your chances increase that your sugar will be filtered using bone char. Bone char. Bone char. So I fucked that up because I told you at first, beet was the one to look after. Actually, it's sugar cane, the one that you want to look out for. So beet sugar is fine. Mm. Probably. Okay. You can't, you don't know. Like, if you buy sugar, you don't know that it's vegan. But beet sugar typically does not involve bone char. Bone char. But cane sugar sugar. They this use is bone actually, char to bleach it. I don't know if you know this, but um, before I started Sugar Facts, what? Do you want to just, like, rephrase that? Before you started Sugar Facts? <laughs> Before I founded the edifice that has, yeah, blossomed into Sugar Facts. Anyway, before I started Sugar Facts, I was a, uh, I did musicals. Really? Yeah. Amazing. 
And I feel like you probably knew this, and that's why you chose this sugar fab. What? Well, because I feel like you probably what are referencing. What does musicals have to do with this? Bone char. What is bone char? What do you mean bone char has to do with musicals? Joe, come on. My big hit, my big hit, bone char. Bone char, Afgan- Afghani bone char. Did you not? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, you're right. I kind of. I'm just... not embarrassed, by the way. I, mean, I, I get this a lot. Oh, I, was... I get this a lot. I can't. I can't go a fucking day without somebody like <laughs> recognizing you from Afghani bone char. Yeah, Afghani bone char. I knew. I knew there was some tie. I think that was more of a subconscious thing tonight that I chose this. Okay. Hey, Joe. Where can they find us? Uh, they can find us on Tweet Space. Mm-hmm. Where else, right? Um, volcanoes, tree space, volcanoes, and sky diamonds. Sky diamonds. <laughs> All right. Thanks well, for thanks for listening. Guys. This has been episode fourteen. Sorry about everything. So sorry. Sorry I mean, about everything. We always think we're getting better, but we're still us. Yeah. I mean, I, I I couldn't. I can't argue that. I can't argue. But anyway. Thanks for listening. And remember, like us in real life. And also remember. Please like us in real life.